Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Everybody and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show, broadcasting on CITR Radio 101.9 FM from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of Beautiful, British Columbia. I'm Michael McCall. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenhower. And we're back. We've been away for three weeks. Well, I've been away for, for three weeks. And I didn't bring a microphone with me back to Scotland. And I did one East Fife podcast over there through my Chromebook and the sign was terrible. So I thought, "Ah, we'll just wait till I I get back. Give us lots of fun things to chat about. And yeah. Why didn't you just nick a microphone for when you were uh, covering uh, East Fife doing the broadcast? I did toy with that idea, and then I I watched the games, and I didn't want to ruin my trip. <laughs> um, we, we did get a tweet from Smoke City FC tonight. You said, talk about your trip to Scotland. That will likely be a lot more interesting than any Whitecaps chat. Either that, or just play a rerun of a show from earlier in the season, because the issues seem to remain the same. Ouch. So, yeah, ouch, but very true. So we will actually start off by, by talking uh, about my, my trip back to Scotland. It's just Zach and, and me tonight. I'm back from my trip. Steve's away on a, a trip just now. He was He's on, on a, a boat. boat. Yeah. <laughs> you were on a boat today. I feel left yes, out. I've yesterday. not been on a boat. Oh, is it yes, yesterday? Yes, yesterday. Yeah. Oh, did you come back last night as well? Yeah, I went out yesterday, came back last ah. night. Um, so, yeah, Steve's away. So we will get the three of us together at some point before the end of the season again, I'm, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, we'll, we'll be talking Whitecaps, we'll look back over the last four games to, to varying degrees, have a look around MLS West, talk about Lucas Cavallini, that was a, a fun thing I woke up to on Sunday morning, and yeah. Just some general chat as well. But, but we're going to start things off. But, but looking at my, my little trip back to Scotland, was back for just over two weeks. Came back on Monday night. I made it back safe and sound. My bags didn't. Both of them got damaged. And one of them lost a wheel. And the new suitcase that I had just bought three days before completely bashed in. So that, that was a nice trip back. But... Overall, it was a good little trip back to Scotland. Now, I hadn't really mentioned to many people as to why I was going back. So, 
we had hoped to do some shows, as I said, so apologies for not bringing some shows out, but it was a very, very busy trip. Bit of fun, bit not so fun. Um, some of you will know, some won't, but my mum passed away a few weeks ago now, uh, during the League One BC season, so I didn't really want to go back during the season. I'd, I'd made the commitments to do the season, so I wanted to see the season out, and by delaying going back as well, it meant I could get back for seeing some East Fife games, get over to the Edinburgh Fringe for the first time in 15 years, get to see a couple of my favourite bands and former Artists of the Month at the Connect Festival as well. So, although it was sad going back to deal with all the stuff to do with my mum and sorting things out with my dad, one thing that happened with my dad, he got scammed or fraudulent stuff on his bank account. Somebody defrauded him for £14,000. But he managed to get all that back, so... That that was the, the busy side of the trip, so it didn't leave a lot of time for doing some podcasts. Got to see two East Fife games. They won both of them. And it almost felt like we were watching the Whitecaps because the first game, they won with a stoppage time penalty. And I thought, oh, my team's just like to leave it late. Second East Fife game I was at, uh, I got to do something I've wanted to do for a long time, which was actually do some commentary on an East Fife game co-commentary on their Challenge Cup game against St Johnston B. No, Theo Bear wasn't playing. He's still St Johnston A for now. They have made quite a lot of new additions. So I think Theo Bear may be going down the, the pecking order a bit there. But when I left in 2007, East 5 TV wasn't really a thing. Now it's, it's great <laughs> and you can watch all the games. And I actually got to commentate on a game. So... That was like a, a bucket list thing. I really enjoyed that. It was great fun. We were excited for you. Yeah, really sad about you know, why you had to go back. But yeah, ex- excited for the fun you got to have while you were there. Yeah, and I, the Edinburgh Fringe has always been a, a big part of my life. I used to take a couple of weeks off every year to go over to shows. And it's one of the things I really, really miss from being over here it's just Edinburgh just comes alive for the whole month the population triples and there's for anyone that doesn't know where the Edinburgh Fringe is it, it's the biggest arts festival in the world there's lots of comedy there's plays there's music there's just tons of different things on anything that can get turned into a venue gets turned into a venue so I think I saw about 15 shows all together One of them was a football-based show as well, and it's a shame we don't have Steve on tonight, because it was a a show kind of centred around Eric Cantona, and it was a a female comedian called Bryony, and she had put this show on about how, when she was at primary school, she was a big football fan, she was a Man United fan, she played for the football team, but then when she moved to high school, girls weren't allowed to play football. So she started to lose her love for football. So this was just her revisiting her childhood and how things have changed now, with how the women's game's really taken off. She'd planned this show before England won the Euros as well, so the, the timing of it was fantastic. But it was a, a really good show. And there was a number of different football shows on at the Fringe, and I was the only one I really got to, to take in, but saw some good comedians as well. Got to see Mogwai and Idlewild at the Connect Festival. Uh, I'll probably come back, I'll be speaking a lot quicker, my accent will probably be a lot thicker, I'll probably be using the C word a lot more, 
that's just what happens when you when you go away to Scotland for a couple of weeks. But we'll mark the show explicit. It'll be good. We're, we'll be talking about the C wait, word wait, wait, in wait, part four. By the C word, of course, you mean cowden beef. No, I mean cava. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, cowden beef. They're they're not a league club anymore. They got relegated out of the league last year, so we don't we don't even think about them anymore. I like the I like your four letter C word cava. That's a good one. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, everything. It was it was a fun trip. I, last thing I'll mention is my my flight back. I have to tell you about Megan. So um, uh, now 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 you're intrigued. Did I join the Mile High Club? No. Um, so I'm sitting in my seat. Getting on early, priority boarding in my in my luxury flight seat that I had. Um, and then this girl kind of stands and she's looking around and she's there with her mum and she's like, 66E. And she's just standing looking around and folk are impatiently waiting behind her. So I said, oh, that's uh, beside me. And she just kind of looked like all confused and she thought she had an aisle seat but she was in the middle of the, the three uh, and she didn't want to sit there. So she didn't know what to do and was trying to ask her mum what she should do. And her mum said, I told you we should have spoken to them before you got on the flight. So then the mum says to me, do you mind not sitting in the aisle and sitting in the middle? I was like, oh yes, I very much do. Um, and it felt like no one had ever said no to Megan before. <laughs> she looked appalled. And then after, again, just standing in silence for 30 seconds while the queue's building up behind her, said, well, you're going to let me into my seat then? I went, oh, have you finally made your mind up what you're doing? Oh, no. And then the mum's like, wow. And then she says, D do you feel comfortable sitting there? And she's like, no, I don't. So they swapped seats so that she didn't have to sit beside me. Was Megan's mum nice to you? Uh, I don't know. I, I put my headphones on. She was one of those chatty folk. I had no time for her. Oh man! Ah, Canadians. <laughs> but anyway, that was my trip. What have you been up to the last three weeks? Man, it's, it's so much, <laughs> so much. Uh, it's been a crazy month at work, getting ready for September. Uh, kind of rent, not renovating, but doing some upgrades to a, a, a room that I uh, used to be pre pre pandemic used to use multiple times a week and so we're with uh with no no more you know physical spacing restrictions I'll, I'll be using this room a lot and so we've been uh painting and um yeah just getting it ready and making it new and fresh and all these kinds of things so lots, lots to do with that um family got away for a couple of days went down to middle cascadia uh did some shopping went to the zoo um, down there, Seattle Zoo. I take it Seattle Zoo. Yeah, the woodland. Yeah, woodland yeah park it's, it's a really good zoo. I like it. It is. It's not huge, but the the yeah, you can definitely. It's like it, it's like a football club. You can see the investment that's put into the place. <laughs> and actually, you know what? The more the more I think about it, the the Greater Vancouver Zoo and the with the Woodland Park Zoo, they're kind of. They're kind of, yeah. They're they're not that dissimilar to the. Yeah. <laughs> There's you know? a very good analogy. Yes. Because like the Vancouver Zoo has some nice things, 
But like the I've never been because I've just heard some bad things about it. Well, it has some nice animals, but like the... well, when they can keep them locked up. Uh, well, when <laughs> when when anti-zoo people or whatever are not breaking in and release them, yeah. But no, like the, some of their places, because it was it was and there, I think like the real zoo here we used to be at the down where the aquarium is right before it got shut down. But um, a number of their larger display areas are like just cages, right? Like big giant fence or big fenced in things. Whereas, you know, Woodland Park is like very well called. It reminds me of the Toronto Zoo, although not nearly as big and spacious and whatever. But like, oh, I've been there as well. Calgary Zoo, I like as well. Uh, I don't think I haven't done that one yet. I've done. Oh, I, I took Caitlin up the Panda Passage. Oh my. Uh, I've done Berlin. Stuttgart, Verpital, uh, and then one the bigger one in Chicago, Toronto. Yeah, I haven't done I haven't done Calgary. I highly recommend one, it. It's one day, good. but yeah, it was very it was quite a nice zoo. The kids loved it. My daughter got to do it was it was uh, the week of her birthday. And she has aspirations, you know, which might change, but of being like a zoologist, zookeeper, and so. She, we did uh, like an encounter with the rhino where you get the a close up encounter and you get to feed them and whatever. It was, it was a lot of fun. She like it, it was very special for her, so that was great. Did Did you get the horn? No, 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 no. Um, what else did we do? Uh, well, yeah. Then this week got to go watch watch the boys on the island play, which was a fun game to watch, but uh, obviously extremely mm. discouraging. For the Islanders. Yeah, they are. They're in for it tough. It's like PDS is making a, a good little run there with, with Valor. Yeah. And so, and speaking of good runs, Brett Levi, wow. What, Ooh, a, what yes. a goal. Yeah, that was like a cracker today. I, I saw three games uh, overall on my trip back because I saw the two East Five games. And then the the last Saturday before I came home, East Five were away to Stranraer. Which basically driving from Fife to Stranraer, I'm almost back in Canada. It's like the furthest west it could be in in Scotland. So I didn't go to that one. I decided to stay in Fife, and I saw a, a Scottish Cup preliminary round match between Dundonald Bluebell and Tayport. It was a, a good game. Uh, I got a pie. Had never been to that that ground before, but at the end of the game. Um, the Tayport fans were a bit aggrieved at the refereeing and being there as a neutral I actually thought the ref ha- had a good game so we're waiting to get out and then we had to stop because the, the referee was going up the tunnel this Tayport fan has her drink and throws it all over the referee who got out of the way a little bit and then some of the drink went over me that's classy, classy, classy Scottish lower league football oh my <laughs> And what did you say that what did you say to that? Oh obviously I, I, I chased her, tripped her up, kicked shit out of her. Yeah, just typical five reaction. And you, but at least you didn't do that to Megan. No. <laughs> I, I didn't want to be on the no fly zone. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, she like the the Dundonald officials were trying to get a hold of her. She scarpered. She like just turned around and then fled. But yeah classy stuff in Fife but we're not here to talk about that I think we, we've we wasted time just putting off talking about the Whitecaps because th- there's been four Whitecaps games since our, our last show 
very much a mixed bag of results. You could say it's been a slippery slope and things have gone down pretty fast uh, from the the start of it. We're we're not going to delve into all the games. Our last show came out three weeks ago after the 5-2 hammering by the Galaxy. A potentially important loss in the the grand scheme of things considering the the logjam in the West doesn't seem like that important now with how things have, have subsequently followed that. A veritable mixed bag for for the Whitecaps. We've seen the good, the bad, the ugly, and the very ugly <laughs> of the of the team in general. Really, um, the the first game, a Ryan Gold double gave the Whitecaps two one home win over Colorado. It moved the team above the playoff line for the first and only time so far this season. I'm going to stick my neck out here and say. The only time this season. Uh, it was a good win. It was a crucial win. Goldie, I thought, was excellent in that. And it was a game, Zach, that the team really should have pushed on from. But it's been the opposite. Yeah, I think that's a, a fair way to think about it. Uh, it was a game they, they had to win. It was a game where their best player was the best player and helped them, uh, you know, yeah, win, you know, clinch the match, win the match. Um, and you're right; it should have it should have been a something that gave them impetus going forward and, and enabled them to um, continue to take the points that they so desperately need. But it uh, they. Uh, they they haven't done as as well as they could have or, or and definitely should have since then. No, I mean you work so hard to get yourself in that position. I mean it, it was it was still not really in their own hands by that point, but it was very very close to being because other teams had games in hand, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But I mean you've got yourself into seventh, and it feels. No time ago at all that I was looking at the table and getting a little bit carried away and saying, look, third and fourth place and a home playoff game is within the team's grasp. That now seems far, far away from anything. It's just been a, a dramatic change. I mean, the, the game after the Colorado game, it wasn't a bad game. It was a battling one all draw at Real Salt Lake. Felt like a good result at the time. Julian Gressel got that goal in the 87th minute. It, it capped off a, another fight back, fighting to the death performance from the team. I kind of feel the Whitecaps could have come away with that with a, with a victory, but I mean, ultimately, you've got a point on the road. You, you've taken four from six, and you're still feeling not bad. You, you've dropped out of the playoff places, but you're still in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it wasn't so bad, and uh, it, it wasn't so bad, but it, it did feel like two two significant drop points, right? Like if they if they wanted, I mean, forget about the third and fourth place that you were dreaming about before. <laughs> if they were wanting, you know, seventh, uh, that felt like a game where they really they really needed to 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 not leave points on the table, and unfortunately, they did. I mean, Gressel did, yeah, did did really well. Um, uh, to to make sure they didn't uh, walk away with walk away empty handed, but 
um yeah i think it's 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 one of the, it's one of the moments in, the, in this portion of the season that Benny and the staff will look back on extremely disappointed in yeah i think there's a uh several games that they can look back and be extremely disappointed in and that brings us to nashville yeah yeah uh we've got to the ugly and the the very ugly part of of these games and we'll talk about cava in the the last part that's the very ugly part of that nashville game but an abysmal 3-0 lost to Nashville, I think it's the only way really to describe it. Having gone there and come away with a very good one-all draw, to then capitulate the way they did at home, it it just it beggars belief. I mean, the visitors came, they ran the show, Hani Mukhtar, class act in the league. They ran the show. Kava should probably be run out of town. For, for what he did, and we will talk about that, as I say, later on, but the defending again in that match, that first goal by Liao, they just let him run, what, 50, 60 yards, with no one going towards him, and then let him get a shot off, it nestles in the bottom corner, I think Hassel should have kept it out, but just all in all, why would you just let a guy power forward like that and it stems from a, a giveaway as well but just nobody went near him yeah uh, there's been a, a lot of defensive uh, frailties with the Whitecaps throughout the season and it feels like they've never like fully got it got it right but yeah I mean there are there have been so many things that just feel inexcusable like that where they've allowed yeah, players to run free and and they've suffered the consequences and this is a game where that, that once again was true well four minutes after that they're two down and it's another goal where an opponent is allowed to to rise unchallenged get to the ball head home four minutes after half time two players managed to rise and head the ball in the on the goal to to head home and it's three nil you're 45 minutes on the clock you're at home Thankfully, I didn't watch the game live. Thankfully, I didn't watch the game in full. I only woke up the next morning and watched the highlights. And I had a message from Har going, I don't think you're going to want to watch this. And yeah, I was like, we... oh, well, spoiler then. Did Steve and I not send you some messages about this one? Possibly as well. <laughs> it's like, hmm, I think I'll just watch the, the minimum highlights I can get away with. I ended up going with the seven minutes. I should just have settled for the four. I think I, I, think I try not to ruin it for you where I said, oh, Cava. Or peak, or the peak cava, or or something like that. Yeah, I, I I could imagine what what had happened. I I didn't imagine it was as bad as what happened, but I thought, oh, he's done something stupid and got himself sent off. Well, he certainly did that. But the, I mean, they, they fought after going down to ten men and. Hassel saved the late penalty and they had one that came off the post. But since June 26th, the Caps have dropped 11 points at home. Two to New England, three to Minnesota, three to Chicago, three to Nashville. It's unforgivable. And no one seems to know why. So I'm hoping you can give me the answer. 
Why they've dropped points at home to all those teams? Yeah. Why? Why is BC, Why is no team looking at the schedule and going, "Oh no, we're going to Vancouver this weekend"? They'll probably be going, "Oh ho, ho, we're going to Vancouver this weekend." Well, they do say that about the playing surface, but yeah, true. Um, <laughs> yeah, but we're not exactly a, a scary place to come at the moment, are we? No, um, but I, I think it goes back to what you said about the, was the about you know early in this game. I think the defending just, you know, has not been great. Uh, I can't remember now. The Nashville, was that a game that Jake started? I think it was. Yeah. I, 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 I just, he continues to rotate at the back there when I don't think he, I don't think there's the need to. Um, no. It, it, it continues It continues to show that that's not working. And again, it, even though I know, I understand the reasons why, it, to me, it, it continues to show that maybe aside from the financial upside, if there was some, which maybe there wasn't, but the getting rid of Eric Godoy at this point, uh, I, I think if he was able to play three more games this year, it would have been better than rotating the way they have. Yeah. I, I, and that kind of brings us very nicely to tonight's match. <laughs> and <laughs> the Whitecaps... Are we we're going to talk about Kevin more later? Oh yeah, we're definitely yeah, talking okay. about Kava. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in the in part four. Yeah, we're okay, going right. to talk about Kava. Um, that could be the is whole it, part, to be that, honest. Because that, I mean, that yeah, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, but yeah, so I mean, this sets us up now to talk about tonight's match. We're recording this on Sunday night after the the loss down in San Jose. The the worst team in the West. That's San Jose I'm talking about, in case, <laughs> just to, to clarify. Um, the second worst in all of MLS at that stage is who the Whitecaps were, were facing. What could go wrong? Well, let's chat about that after this. Hey, I am Axel Schuster, and I'm listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Clean. 
welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And because we've not had a show for the last couple of weeks, I didn't get to play all of the electric cowboy songs that I had wanted as our Artist of the Month for August. So I've sneaked another one in there. It's their new single. Um, I tweeted this out and I know some of you have watched it, the video for it. You've just heard the song. I played a big chunk of it there. Almost the whole song, because I love it. And it's very different. Two two songs in one. And the video is tremendous. I don't want to say any more, because I don't want to spoil it for you. But it starts off on a boat. Oh, like Steve. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's how I imagine Steve's weekend has gone, to be honest. But that was Electric Cowboy, Hurricane taken from their upcoming 2022 album Techno that comes out on September 9th. Hope you've enjoyed them this month. Uh, I've had some good feedback from, from folk for it, so make sure you get the album, check out their other stuff. Very good band from Germany. We're going to have our new Arts of the Month for September. They're going to be kicking off part three, and we're, we're going to Russia for them. Actually, the, the last two songs we've got to kick off our final two parts, two Russian bands... One of them is tying in with my experience at the Edinburgh Fringe as well. But we'll come to that in part four. In this part, we're going to talk about the latest Whitecaps game. San Jose Earthquakes 2, Vancouver Whitecaps 0. Is that the season over with a, a whimper, Zach? Uh, I mean, technically they could still come third, Michael. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That would need a lot of of results to go in their favor. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't feel like they're gonna win whatever five the five or six games they have left. Um, well, well, considering when we broke down the fixtures five. a few weeks ago, I said I don't see them taking anything from the last three games. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it doesn't seem like that's gonna happen. Uh, I, I'm sure when when you know the. Uh, the 34th game is played and we're, you know, reflecting on the year as a whole, I, I, there'll be questions about, you know, Voyager's cup hangover type, you know, things within the, you know, the overall for the, you know, for the players or whatever. Yeah. Every time um, I go into the white caps, Twitter, their pinned tweet is we can't stop thinking about Tuesday night. And yeah. I think maybe you should stop thinking about it and yeah, kind of yeah. concentrate on what you've got coming up. Yeah. Um, but, but no, I mean, uh, we, we, we've talked a lot about how they could, you know, potentially, um, uh, do what they did last year in terms mm. of just, Hey, they, all they got the, they, all they need to do now is just focus on every, you know, treating every game like a final or whatever. And like their, their focus is very singular and. You know, um, but I don't think that uh, I don't think that um, I, I see it. I, I, it seems virtually impossible that they would be able to, you know, run the table and and qualify for the playoffs. But stra- I mean, stranger things have happened. Yeah, but the way I look at it, if you go to San Jose. And you play against what was a very poor San Jose team, and you come away with that in the end of a, a a two goal defeat. The teams that you're coming up against in these last five games, you're you're not 
without some miracle change of playing style and actually finding somebody that can put the ball in the net, you're you're not going to get those points done. But we'll we'll, no. we'll come at that when we look, we look at the table and no, stuff no, in the no, next part. No betting, no betting person will put money on it. No, the the odds for us to win the MLS Cup that came out this past week, I think, would drop down to a hundred to one. We were like the fourth least likely to win the MLS Cup. So, yeah, let let's we won't delve into the game too too much. Um, I want to talk about some other aspects from performances really from the game but if we look at the goals four minutes in and talked about the nashville game just uh allowing leal just to, to just run not not bother Cade cowell waltzed through the the white caps half leaving two white caps on their asses it was like a knife through butter to do a callback to to Craig McEwen from the very first Whitecaps <laughs> season. I mean, Cade Cowell just made the, the Whitecaps look stupid. It was a slip by Javane Brown. He wasn't the only player to slip tonight. Vanny points that out after the game. There's a lot of players that slipped tonight. So I guess footwear, wet pitch, whatever. But he just danced through the Whitecaps, squared the ball, takes a touch, runs through to Ibo BC. Just inside the box. Yeah, Vanny talked about this a bunch in the post game. On the I listened to part of the radio uh, stuff post game. I, I didn't hear you, so but I. I don't have to know I'm back. I'll keep it yeah. that way. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, no, I heard Vanny some of Vanny's post game comments on the radio, and he talked about because he was asked about that, uh, and it was like okay, like yeah, the surface was kind of hard, but yeah, he's like. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, after the warm-ups, they came out and watered the pitch a bunch. And it's like, yeah, okay, uh, sure. But, like, you got to adapt to that. You got to, you know, if 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 you're not wearing the appropriate footwear, you change it, right? Like, mm. I know, I know, the, obviously, the <laughs> the, uh, the goal came quite early. Yeah. But, Four minutes in, it's hard to know what footwear you want. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. But, yeah, Brown, Brown looked, looked, you know... Not gr- not great on it, and uh, you know. I mean, Cal- it, it, I always struggle. I always what you call BC, but it, yeah, fifteenth goal of the season. He took it well. Yeah, they paid like what a million in gam for him. Mm. Aside from aside from the fact that they are where they are in the standings, I mean, he's gotten the goal. He's gotten goal. It, it's it's crazy that you've got a fifteen goal man and you're down the bottom of the table like that. Yeah, it, that is crazy. I mean, the the White Caps. I was guessing the White Caps offered very little. San Jose also offered very little. To be honest, it wasn't a a great first half at all. Gold had a shot that went kind of straight at JT Marcinkowski. Ranko had a header from a aggressive corner. The the, the keeper kind of juggled a, a a little bit and then, and then recovered. I mean, at one nil, you still thought, oh, "Well, it's a poor San Jose team. The Whitecaps are going to do their thing." But then, thirty-fourth minute, they're two down. Jamiro Montero just again runs unchecked to get to the edge of the box. Christian Espinosa looks up, goes, "Oh, there's a man. Just play it inside to him." Tucks it away. Yeah, generally with a player with a name like that, you don't want to leave them, 
you know, that free. <laughs> but the, the, he ran, I would say, 30 yards probably, just totally unchecked. That yeah. it's just three goals in two games. They've just had a guy just run, and nobody's like, "Oh, there's a guy running." Yeah, you know, um, if Steve were here, he would talk about something about zonal marking. I'm yeah, sure. do we have zones? That's what I need to know. <laughs> I mean, the the White Caps really rode their, their luck after that because they could have gone down three or four behind and at the half because Carroll near, nearly made it three just a couple of minutes later and Hassal had fire. yeah Hassal just put his hands up at the near post and it kind of pied away Espinosa hit one wide then just to compound a horrible half for the Whitecaps Gold gets a a yellow card which was clearly born out of frustration it was a little tug stupid thing to get a booking for and he's now going to miss the, the next game at Colorado. If he'd seen through this game without a booking, he would have had a reprieve, but now he's missing out. The, the guy yeah. that's been the best player by a mile for the Whitecaps over the last few weeks. Uh, that's pretty That's that's pretty horrible, eh? Like, you, yeah. I He must be frustrated. I thought that several times tonight watching the game where he was just working his socks off and just nothing was happening, nothing was coming off. And I think even the referee felt sorry for the Whitecaps because he blew up for halftime a few seconds before the 45 minutes. No time added on. Can't even be bothered playing the last three seconds of the half. Let's just blow. Yeah. Yeah. And the Whitecaps did blow. And, I mean, the the post-game comments... I, we'll, we'll come to the post-game comments, but I, I felt like I was watching a different game. Yes. Yep. I mean, it, it was a good second half from the Whitecaps. I will give them that. But then we always have our end-of-season awards, and sometimes I struggle to, to think, oh, what was that? What's a good one for that again? I mean, we, we always have miss of the year. <laughs> Ryan White, just before the hour mark for me, I think may have won it for this year. That was a a shocker for a guy that was your main man last year, and he's out of form. He's not the Brian White that we saw last year. I think we all expected that. It was put to him on a plate, and it was just like a half-assed effort, and it just meekly went wide. And that's the kind of thing that can be a game changer. That goes in with just over half an hour to go and you fancy the Whitecats can do something. But it kind of just sums up their whole night, really. Yeah, I mean, I mean, his season has been kind of what I kind of thought it was going to be. Like, I thought he was yeah. not going to be able to repeat what he did last year. And, yeah, I mean, you, you have to score that opportunity, right? You ha- like... In that game, at this level, you know, with that time and space, you have to bury that. And it was... was, He looked so dejected, his head just went down. He knew that himself. Yeah, it was... uh, Yeah, he well, he knew it was a a poor finish. Like, you you, you can't... You you can't not take advantage of opportunities like that. And, 
yeah i mean it, it, it could have like in one sense you could say that was the turning point in the game right mm -hmm. like if i think if that i think like, that's very fair to say that because i i would have fancied them to go on to at least get a point out of it yeah, so i still don't think would have been enough but it, they've shown so much resilience you know in games and i think that yeah that could have that could have helped them because they they didn't create a lot of great chances but they've they created they created some openings well, and yeah, you think like, that that could have that gold curled in. one wide uh gressel had a, a shot that was well blocked or was saved by Marison Kowski that was quite out from his goal. Blackman had the ball in the net, but he was offside. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they played some nice passing stuff, and they were the better team in the second half. They had more shots than San Jose, but they're just lacking that kind of clinical striker. If only we had like an international quality striker that we know can score goals. Only we had somebody like that that would have been maybe available tonight. Yeah, I mean, if they, even if they said Kai Kamara tonight, yes. which we'll, uh, we'll talk about that later. But no, I don't. Yeah, obviously you're talking, trying to segue into some Kava. Yeah. Sorry, are we allowed? No, but we're we'll, we'll, we'll saving that we're, for the are, final part. Yeah. <laughs> are we allowed to say that word? I don't oh, know. the c word. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I've marked it explicit. It's fine. <laughs> But I mean that that was basically the game, and like after the game, I just read you some of the comments from the not from the radio, but from the the post game uh, media yeah. call that Vanny did, and he said there's a lot of frustration in the team. He said to them last week that he wanted a response in terms of attitude, in terms of fighting spirit, in terms of trying to do the the thing that we do which I'm not quite sure what that thing that we do is, but... That was a good movie with... Uh, or that was a good song, right? With uh, Everything the I do, I do no, it no. for you. No. I heard that song today, actually. No, the <laughs> that thing you do. Tom Hanks, the the band. Do you remember that? Oh, I don't remember that. Da, 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 da. Maybe Vanny heard that as well, then. But he says, tonight we tried. That's That's all you can ask for from your team, isn't it? We're a bunch of triers. If we were a rugby team, being a bunch of triers would, would be a good thing, really. But He said, we tried to do it. And he said, for this side, I don't want to say I'm satisfied, but I'm okay with the performance. That baffles yeah. me, because I thought it was a terrible performance. Yeah. I I don't know about terrible, but it well, was... first half was terrible. Yeah, but... It... You can say there's elements of the performance that 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 show positive signs, but you you can't have that performance in a game that you have to win. No, you also shouldn't be showing positive signs twenty eight games into a season. You say about a team, oh, well, it's the first month of the season. There's positive signs. Right, right. That's fair too. Yeah, we said that in about East Fife on the podcast we did this morning. It's like, ah, oh, we're six games in. There's positive signs. We're third in the <laughs> table. Um. That's what you say at that stage. No, oh, it's 28, we're 10th. It's positive signs. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's it's very frustrating. And the, the fans do seem to be losing a little bit of patience, I think, with Vanny as well. And with, with some of the players. Russell Tiber continues to get a lot of stick and Vanny has spoken up 
defending Russell against the online trolls, and there was some more of it tonight. Yeah, I, I, I'm the, not wanting to pile on to Russell here, just before you, you, you say anything, Zach, but I, I've said this for a while, and I still say this. If we are a team in 2022 where Russell Tiber is your regular starter, our recruitment has not worked in the years that we've been in MLS. No, not not at all. It's not about it's not about piling on. I think I think too that that comment about the internet trolls or whatever, like it it's um you can defend your players, you can defend your captain in ways uh, I think that are more appropriate and more meaningful than to call some of your fans internet trolls because the people who I'm sorry, as I read the situation, a number of the people who have expressed concern over, you know, Rusty's place in the in the squad and the side, the starting eleven, is it, these are not all just. This is not like you know, uh, casual fans. <laughs> like these are like yeah. people who are passionate about the football club and long for the best of the football club. And it's plain to them. It's plain to see to them that you know Rusty starting as much as he has and playing as big of a role as he has does not, you know, help the football club progress results-wise. Yeah. Well, uh, here's a tweet from Chris Corrigan. So anyone that knows Chris yeah. will know that he's not an internet troll. He's not somebody no. that piles on players. He's very supportive of yeah. players in the game at all levels. And he says about Tiber, I love the guy, but I can't understand how he's a key starter in this team. He's been a squad player on lesser teams. Yeah, that's fair. And you look around MLS as well, and you would say, what other teams would Tybert be a starter in? I, it's hard to, to think of ones. And the only club that I know that's ever shown any interest in him, and there might be others that we don't know about, Minnesota made a play for him a few years back, and it came to nothing. That was a mid-season thing when August they inquired, would he be available? But I I don't see another MLS team saying, oh, he's a guy that we want. He is a good squad player. He's a guy that you're down to the bare bones or you've got an injury and he's come off the bench. You know what you're going to get from him. He's, he's hard working, but he doesn't have that quality. Yeah. And there's a few Whitecaps players now that I'm feeling that about in this current squad. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think I, I think the whole structure of him, or the setup of him being captain, has, does like doesn't help that, right? Yeah. Whether it's the football understanding of captain or the North American understanding of captain, I it like even the I forget what that game, I forget which game it was, where he didn't start, and then he came on the pitch and Gold Gold gave him the armband. It was kind of like mm. just a little bit awkward. <laughs> Well, Oz Sweeney on the, the captaincy thing says, what's our captain doing? In a must-win game with season on the line, this isn't acceptable. Where's the accountability on the pitch? Where's the team's leadership amongst yeah. the players? Yeah, that sounds like a valid criticism to me. But hey, maybe it's all just happening under a bridge with the trolls. <laughs> Possibly. It's th th There's other players as well, but defensively and I was going to talk about this on the show anyway but we, we've actually just had a tweet from Simon Fudge our good friend hope he's enjoying life in Qatar 
It's going to be very busy couple of months for him coming up soon. <laughs> he says, would you please talk about the need for this White Cat's backline to be overhauled? A lot of dead wood there. And yeah, he's he's been talking about this for a while. Yeah, I need, but he's bang on because I, I think I've come to the end of the road with Ranko. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I think, think he, he said that too, I think, recently. Mm. Simon, that is. I, I've always had high hopes for him and I've always felt he's played better when he's been beside like a Godoy or an experienced guy. I just think he makes too many mistakes and I don't know that he is MLS quality to be a regular starter. I, I don't think that's totally unfair criticism, but I think there's so many variables to this and so many moving parts. I I, 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 I think he could still be a meaningful player for them. I, I think there's other questions that I would ask first. Oh like, yes, I have like no, no, but I mean about about defense specifically. Like I yeah. think, I I think I think the the Russell Tiber thing is is a huge thing because as as we talked about with Steve over the years, um, who you have in front of the back the back line, I think has really helped or hindered them over the years, and it's been a long time since they have that help, and now it seems like they have that player in in Kubas that can help them. But the midfield's not helped, I think, when you have Russell play with him. Mm -hmm. That needs to be a Shap or maybe but they, a Berhalter But they, they, seem, they want Shop to, to play more in a forward role. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't, I, I think he needs to play next to Cuba, uh, next to Kubas. But, yeah. but so I think that that's one of the things that I, I think doesn't help a player like Aranko, right? Having Rusty there doesn't help Aranko. Another thing, which is again probably a way bigger conversation, probably, but is a, and even though they played it from the better part of the last year, year and a half, two years, is a back three really the best for the players that they have? Um, you know, especially when you you know you uh, just when you fail to get the best out of you know the best left wing back you have, and then kind of you know he's frozen out or gone or yeah, whatever, that like. That still is a baffling one to me as to what what's happened there with Christian Gutierrez. But, but so 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 Ranko, you you might be right, and he might not be at this level or or, or you know suited to this level. Uh, but to me, I have too many other questions about how he would he would perform in in uh, uh, let's say a more optimal setup, hmm. like a flat back four beside an experienced centre back. Yeah, flatback board. Yeah, besides someone like Godoy, although maybe it could work out, you know, beside a Trist, uh, you know, Tristan Blackman or whatever, but also with the right pairing in front of him. Yeah, I mean, for me right now, I look at the defenders or who you're going to class as defenders. I think Tristan Blackman's the only guy I, I would be happy to keep around. I'd be fine if we let Javane Brown go. I'd be fine if we let Ranko go. Jake Nowinski, if we let him go, Gudinho. Javane Brown, I would say you got to have at least one more year of because it is, you know, there have been elements of, of the season for him that have felt like that, you know, sophomore slump kind of thing. Mm. And and again, I think he's also caught up between this whole, uh, you know, am I playing side center back? Am I playing wing back even this year? Although it's maybe been... Uh, 
maybe hasn't been a huge issue for him. I think it's a, I think it is one issue. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I think I see the, I see the validity to, you know, your, your argument and the comments I've, I've read recently of, of Simon as well, um, in terms of having great concern over the back line. Well, a tweet from Rob Renfrew says, uh, Maybe get a coach uh, who isn't in denial about playing three at the back when you don't have three good defenders. Yeah, I mean, yeah, th- that's very valid. And, th- I mean, this goes back to MDS, you know, who started, you know, it did start the uptick of the, of the, of the you know, the, the change that happened last year. But the whole putting Jake Nowinski at left center back in a back three, uh, you know, uh, they're reaping what they've sown there, in my opinion. I mean, there's been a lot of strange personnel decisions under Vanny last year where we questioned it a lot and it all seemed to miraculously work. This year, when things don't go that well, then you start to question it a little bit more. Robert Van den Ouden asks, are Kava, Vanny and Hassal back next year? Hassal, I would say, yeah. Cava will talk about in part four. Vanny, I would expect to be back. He landed a Canadian championship. But TVB asks, when will the Whitecaps invest in a real manager? So I do feel that well, the tide's turning a little bit against yeah, but, Vanny now. But the Whitecaps have never invested in, in no. a top-level manager ever. They, they have no desire to spend money there. Carlo well, Ancelotti's floating about. He loves Vancouver. Yeah, I don't think... I don't think he has any desire uh, for that. Um, uh, remind me, Vanny signed a two-year deal, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't see, I don't see him with with the they'll they'll use unless Axel wants to make some shake things up crazily, which would surprise me a little bit. Um, uh, I don't see them letting him go before the end of that contract. No, I mean I don't see them doing. Uh this shake-up I want in the squad either. Because Michael Phillips had said, depending on what the result was tonight, we could either talk about where to stay and eat at possible away game locations for the playoffs, <laughs> or uh, what the off-season will bring and if the number of returnee starters is more than five. <laughs> so I I would like there to be a big overhaul by overhaul and just blow this thing up but it's that's not going to happen because they they've been patiently building the squad but uh, to use Simon's words it does feel there's a lot of dead wood there and they they need to make changes at the back formation wise personnel wise or they're just not going to be competitive and they've got to get a midfield that can protect that defence and can also have creativity and get some players that are consistent scorers. So to me, that's an overhaul. Yeah, again, I don't think that's totally off the wall. Uh, to to quote the, the last tweet we just now from Stephen Kavanaugh, mm. I guess this is the end of season special. <laughs> Yeah, but at least it's not in April, right? I think it's no. you used to yeah. like to do them in April. So. <laughs> it just kind of felt that way sometimes. I, I feel they need five wins now to make the playoffs. Even that might not be enough. 
we'll have a look at the weekend's results. We'll have a look at the lie of the land in the West and what that means to Whitecaps just now as we get down to these last five games of this season. We'll be back chatting about all of that after this. Hi, I'm Ryan Gold and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, it's the first song for our new Artist of the Month here at AFTN for the month of September from Russia. I've played them on the, the show over the years before, just the odd song here and there, but we're going to have a full month of their songs. They're called Ice Peak. That is a song released this year from their, their latest album. It's called Kiss of Death! And they're a fantastic band. Banned in Russia because of their anti-war views. You can't get their music there. They can't get the website there. They were one of the bands uh, a few months ago after the war started that I said I was a bit concerned about because there was no social media stuff for them. But they, I think they've got out of Russia now. But... They, they're donating a lot of money, proceeds from their music to uh, Ukrainian refugees. So, uh, as we said when we played one of their songs before, they're the good Russians. So, go and support them, check them out. Their videos are absolute art house masterpieces. And if you like your gothy music and your gothic imagery and horror stuff, check them out. They're called Ice Peak. And we've got a whole month of songs to, to come from them. I, I can tell you're excited, Zach. <laughs> you'll be watching it all. You'll, you'll have Kiss of Death in your head all week. I don't think so. I, I think the Kiss of Death for the Whitecaps was me predicting that they could maybe even get a home playoff game. As soon as I did that, it went downhill pretty, pretty quickly. Let's look at the lie of the land in the West after this weekend. The midweek didn't go great for for the Whitecaps. The the weekend was a mixed bag, but it doesn't help when they don't get three points themselves. Minnesota went down to a three 0 loss at home to Dallas in a an amazing spell of a game where the Texans scored three goals in a four minute spell. 
it was Whitecaps-esque defending. Started off with a, a Michael Boxall own goal, but that was a tough you, one for Minnesota. Did you have to say that? Did you have to bring that part up? I, I did, I did. But or Dallas Boston. keeping going, I, I'd, I'd said when we did our previews, I thought that they could sneak into the playoffs. Well, they're doing more than sneaking into the playoffs just now. They're sitting in, in thirds and looking pretty comfortable in the West right now, but that, that was a big win for them. Also, a very big and important win for the, the Whitecaps Conquerors last week, Nashville. 3-0 over a side that's impressed me this year in, in Austin, who have had some good results themselves. They just had a, a good result against LAFC a couple of games ago. Shocking result for the, the Whitecaps. Harry Mukhtar, though, what a season he's having. Surely he's going to be the, the MVP I think for me it's between probably him and Dreyusi right now, but Hani Mukhtar, two goals in this in the last 10 minutes to seal Nashville's win. He'll be the MVP because he'll because they'll split the votes between the Italians and Toronto. <laughs> probably. <laughs> we never talked about it, but you, you heard how um, before play, playing a minute in MLS, they tried to bring Insignia into that all-star skills competition. Oh, yes. <laughs> I was away for that. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> it's like, hey, folk know who he is. I mean, he didn't. I don't know if it was because he was, said he wasn't fit or had an in-knock or whatever, but he didn't do it. Anyways, whatever. Sorry. Yeah, I know. And M- Mukhtar, I think... Uh, yeah, having like you said, having a great campaign was great. It was and, great uh, last Nash- year. I mean, we, yeah. we talked last year about oh, he's a kind of guy you'd kind of want to burst the bank yeah. to try and get him here. He Port- he was he was key in the game. In the oh yeah, yeah, he ran the show in the in the game at BC plays last weekend. Um, Portland came away with a, a big two one win against Atlanta. It was a late flurry by Atlanta, but two PKs gave Timbers a massive three points and a little bit of breathing space although not that much. Colorado, much like the Whitecaps, I think it was a big wasted opportunity for them. They were playing the worst team in the league, Wayne Rooney's DC United, and I think that's over for the Rapids now. It's a 0-0 draw there. I don't know if you've seen this tonight, because I know you were out tonight, Zach, but do you know what happened in the LA Galaxy sporting Kansas City game? Uh only because you sent me the, the show notes oh. a little bit, but yeah. Yeah, so Chicharito opens the scoring early for LA. Then Kansas City rally in the, the second half. They take the lead 2-1. Johnny Russell gets the first of those. And then LA Galaxy get a penalty. Chicharito, Chicharito buries it to make it 2-2. But then, deep in stoppage time, the Galaxy get another penalty. 97th minute. And who oh. steps up? Oh, Chicharito. He's on for a hat trick. The man, you'd bet your house on Chicharito putting that away, getting the Galaxy three vital points as they chase the playoffs. Well, I'm sure if he took a proper penalty, I'm sure he'd bury it, right? Yeah. The selfish prick, because there's no other words to describe a guy wait, wait, that wait. does this. Don't tell me he pulled he pulled an Ali Adnan? He pulled an Ali Adnan. <laughs> But it was even worse, I think, than Ali Adnan's. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, now I have to see this. It had no power on it whatsoever. And I think the Casey keeper's just like, oh. Was it, was it Amelia? <laughs> uh, no, it was um, the other guy. Begins with a P. 
Not check... Melia? No, let me check his name. <laughs> John Pulscamp. Of course. Mm-hmm. The, the legend. Yeah. He's, a, he's stopped Chicharito penalty. I'm having trouble saying Chicharito tonight for some weird reason. But um, Sweet Pea is, of course, what Chicharito means. I think he was taking the pee with that, that penalty <laughs> kick. Oh, it's horrendous. Your boy Johnny got one too in the game, right? He did. But that could cost the Galaxy a playoff place because it's cost them two points in the game. And you're seriously looking at the table just now and thinking every point is a prisoner. But uh, but they are they have a game or two in hand on many of the, many of the teams above or around them. But you still have to win those. Oh yeah, I no. always like points on the board and games in hand. Yeah, but that for me that's it's selfish to do that. That's just your ego has just run yeah, wild. I think I'm a, I'm I, again. I haven't looked. I haven't watched it. But I think I might. I might like at least it wasn't the first one. You know what I mean? He stepped on the first one. He mm. missed that way, and then you know, it was more like I think he thought, okay, well, I've, I've, I've taken two, I've scored two, whatever. Like I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna try something different. Well, he certainly tried something different. I hit a better penalty than that. That's how bad it was. Seattle, they beat Houston two one. Second half comeback gave the Sounders the three points. Freddie Montero getting the winner. And then LAFC came out 2-0 winners against RSL. Sorry, sorry, he scored one and he missed it the second, right? His first goal was a regular goal. Yeah, first goal was a regular goal. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Chicharito, okay, yeah. Um, so the standings in the West. So far, only one team has clinched that spot in the postseason. That is LAFC. They're leading the way by nine. 60 points from the 29 games. Austin, 51 points from their 29 games. Dallas in third. 46 from 30 and Nashville now sitting in fourth 45 from 30 that could have been the Whitecaps I went over Nashville I went over San Jose that's the Whitecaps sitting there in fourth but if the Queen had ball she'd be the king just like you had dreams about Mm. um, I had dreams about the Queen having balls I know you like to keep it to the west but we'll come to the east Oh, we'll okay. talk a little bit about these. I want to finish the West first. Oh, sorry. The, the other three teams that is making up the the playoff places in the West: Minnesota, forty four points from twenty nine; Salt Lake still hanging in there, forty two from twenty nine; and Portland, forty two from thirty. So yeah, the Galaxy's in eighth. They do have two games in hand, but they're three points behind Portland just now. But when you're two games in hand. And all of a sudden, you're you're sitting in sixth place. Actually, when you're two games in hand, and all of a sudden, you could be fourth or fifth, depending on stuff. Seattle. Is history going to be made, Zach? Is this going to be the year Seattle do not make the postseason? Even though things don't look great for them either, uh, I can still see them making the playoffs. (laughs) I, I'm not saying I want them to make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I did until I, I think just that defeat to Portland I think was possibly a nail in their coffin. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was not good for them. I mean, right now they're sitting 
six points back of Portland. They do have a game in hand, but I mean, what what goes for Seattle is they've got a game against the Whitecaps, a BC place. So there's there's three easy points for them. But I think this could be the year that Seattle miss out, and if they do miss out, I think Schmitzer's gone. Wait, did, remind me. This is the, this is the year we're in, right? Twenty twenty two. Where they won the the Concacaf Champions mm-hmm. League, right? Mm-hmm. They're not going to fire him in that year, man. Hey, I'd fire him. I'd fire Vanny as well, Greg Vanny. Just to, just to stress. <laughs> I'll be honest, my jury's out on the other Vanny. I want to see how we finish these five games. Um, okay. t- time away gives you time to reflect. <laughs> um. Okay, can, can I just mention one thing about the East? No, I'm still doing the West. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, I don't think any team's been officially eliminated, actually, from the playoffs. No, they haven't. No. But, yeah, Seattle's 9th and 36. Uh, Vancouver's 10th and 34. We're done. We're toast. We're not doing it. We're eight points behind. You look at who's above and the fact that Galaxy do have two games in hand. We've got to, to run out the games which I don't think we will. But we'll come up with what games we've got left. You're eager to talk about the East. Okay. I don't want to talk about it in great detail. All I want to say is this. If you have not, if you have not seen the today's Canadian Classique. Which I haven't because I was watching AEW All Out. Yeah. You need to find this game and watch it, whether it's a replay on TSN or whatever. This was... And I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't watch this either. The reason I knew it was going to be something interesting was because I saw Kai Kamara's post on Instagram of uh, post-match celebrations in the locker room. Uh, I knew. I was like. I was like. Oh, they're really excited about this victory. I think they have today. But why? Anyways, it is. It is. I mean, the first half is even more so than the second half. But it is, man. Yeah, it is just so. It was so intriguing and so interesting, with with you know big goals, big moments, uh, big names, uh, massive. I mean, significant pieces of the Canadian men's national team. Um, yeah, it, 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 and then of course Kai Kamara. So well, I mean, it, it was a big win for Montreal. It's put them second or cemented them in second in the East. They've got a five point gap now on Red Bulls and in, in third. I think they just need one more win, and they've clinched the the, the playoff yeah, space. So, spot yeah, they away. haven't they haven't clinched yet, right? I don't no, think. Uh, it's very. There's still some teams that's got some games in hand for Toronto. I mean, they're still just four points under the line, but they only have four games left. So today was massive for them. Yeah, they, they needed to get three points from that. And and uh, well, they. I mean. Watch the game, but they, they could have. Well, I mean, you look at the teams just now that's outside, like Atlanta, again, I thought they would have turned things around this year and got back in it, but, I mean, they're below Toronto in the East. Philadelphia, a Philadelphia LAFC or a Philadelphia-Austin MLS Cup, I think would be a highly entertaining game. But I wouldn't be writing Montreal off yet. I, I could see them making the final they've yeah, got that I mean, swagger just now they're playing some really nice football 
if they if they play the resilient way they did today, yeah, you 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 wouldn't want to bet against them, and you wouldn't want to count them out. And Orlando sitting in fifth. Yeah, I don't like them. Hmm. <laughs> Cincinnati, though, they I mean they could t- still overtake New England. I don't think they will. I think they've kind of every dog's had its day. I think they've had theirs, but. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you said. For me, the West is still by far the the, the stronger conference. I, I just it's just so tight in there. And if we look at what all this means for the Whitecaps, I mean, if I want to be blunt, I basically I think they're fucked. But there's five games left. They're away to Colorado next Saturday. Must win game. I think we've said that nearly every week for the, the past month. Then midweek after that, they're at home to the Galaxy, which again would be a must-win game because the Galaxy is one of the teams above you. Then Seattle come to town on the 17th. Then they're at home to Austin. Then they're away to Minnesota. With a little bit of a, a, a gap as well for the international break. But you've got... A game on the road against a, a team that's below you, albeit in altitude, and then you've got three games at home. Now, normally you'd be like, oh, great, this uh, this gives us a shot. But the way that this home form has been, I just, I just don't fancy the chances at all. No, I, I, don't, I uh, don't fancy them either, Michael. And, uh, yeah, it would be shocking if they, they got uh, anywhere near that seventh spot. At this point. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they had somebody that they could rely on to put the ball in the back of the net, that might help them. Might get them over the line in these five games. If only we had a designated player striker. But he's missing. He missed tonight. How many more games is he going to miss? Yes, it's finally time for us to chat about Kava. And we'll be doing that in the next part after this. Hi, I'm Tristan Blackman, and this is the AFTN Soccer Show. Come on! Красиво ходят ночью по проспекту, а их сердца полны горячие лавы. Желание всех моих широких спектр. Welcome back to the final part of this episode of the AFTN Soccer Show, broadcasting on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part is an unusual song. It's by another Russian band. They're a folk punk band called Leningrad. That's a a song from 2020. It's called Slappers in the English version of it, translation of it. And... I'd never heard this song in my life, 
But I was at one of the Fringe shows, a comedian, English comedian called Tim Key. Some of you might know him from shows like Witchfinder and uh, he's been in a number of comedy shows over the years. Cats Does Countdown, he's been on that, stuff like that as well. So before his show, he had some really fun music playing and one of them was this song, Leningrad, uh, Slappers, and... I had no idea what the song was because it's in Russian. So I used the Shazam app and I was so impressed within three seconds they managed to tell me what the song was. And I've had it in my head constantly for the last two and a half weeks since I saw the show. So I thought I would play it for you and it's now hopefully going to be in your head as well. I think it's very catchy. In your head. In In your your head. head. Zombie. What do you think's in Carver's head? Well, Michael. What what goes through his head? I've heard some people talk about this in the past. Yes, I've saved the best to last. I I so wanted to do a show last week when I got back, but my my sleep's been all over the place. We were going to do one on Tuesday, but I was just absolutely knackered and falling asleep at like nine o'clock. Then we're going to do one on on Thursday after I I did my UBC game and then it it got a bit too late for that. So I've wanted to talk about this since, basically since I woke up last Sunday and saw the incident. It was an absolutely shocking sending off against Nashville. It it was just ridiculous. There's not been a decision made yet. He missed the game tonight in San Jose, automatic red card, automatic suspension. But what MLS do a lot is when it's a more lengthy suspension, they don't announce it until before the next game that he would have played. And when the Disco report came out this week and I saw he wasn't on it, I thought, oh, that's what's going to happen. And then Har wrote an article. She spoke to... Well, she spoke to Ranko about it because Cava didn't want to talk about... things too much and that the club wouldn't comment too much as well but the expectation at the club is that he's facing a a four match ban I think it could potentially be five looking at the letter of the law and what it might get classed as violent conduct etc etc so he has served the first against San Jose now in 61 MLS Regular season appearances with the Whitecaps. Cava has scored 17 goals and got three assists. Not fantastic return, but decent enough. It's almost a a goal one every three games. In those games, though, he's managed to pick up 21 yellow cards and a pair of red cards. What did you What did you make of the incident against Nashville? Do, do you think it was deliberate that he's that he's stamped on the neck? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think his, his words even after speak to uh, like it wasn't an accident. It was hey, like I saw the red mist and I behaved poorly. So no, like to me, it was totally deliberate. <laughs> I mean, the thing, the thing that's kind of crazy to me, though, is like it was 
him shoving the player to the ground. And mm-hmm. like, it wasn't like the guy was down. He's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, it was like him getting him twice. So it yeah, was like- I, I love when they showed the replay and the TSN guys are going, oh, I don't know what that would be a red card. Oh, yeah, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. So he shoves him to the ground and then he chooses to step on his opponent. Like, it, it, yeah. it, 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 it's pretty horrific. Like, uh, you, yeah. you do that in the street and you're in court. Well, I mean, okay, that is true. But I think we, we have to look at this in the context of a football match, right? Like, whatever whatever they choose to give him, I don't think it can be too much almost, you know? Like, yeah. like if it's four, if it's five, like, that's that's not too much. I mean, that that's it's pretty it's pretty heinous. Oh, it is. Let, let me read Kava's words. I let my emotions get the better of me. I want to apologise to my teammates, my coach, and most importantly to you, the fans and supporters. I have high expectations of myself. I am a passionate player, and I recognise I need to stay on the pitch to be the best help my teammates. Oh no, sorry, that was what he said in 2020 when he trailed his foot <laughs> over Clement Diop. <laughs> his 2022 version is I regret everything I did I haven't been sleeping since what happened I apologise for letting my teammates down the club, the fans you guys have been great with me and everyone has been supportive I hate to do things like this and just let the emotions get the worst out of me if that is the case he's genuinely I'm not being funny here he needs help well I I can't remember if we talked about this on the show or just privately you and I but people closer to the to the squad than than you and I will ever be have told me that they just don't think that he is uh, a very intelligent footballer like not speaking about him as a person or whatever but like he and yeah, like th- th- this is a sign, another sign that he. What it's almost like childlike. Yeah, like, well, I, but, I, I mean, if he's saying I hate to do things like this, it means he can't control himself. Course. Yeah. So if you can't control yourself, you need to go and get help. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, these words feel like a lame excuse for oh, just yeah. someone act, act, like. Well, he he, like, he goes on and says. The frustration kicked in. He'd only been on the pitch since half time. But the frustration kicked in. Sometimes people get mad. It's not an excuse to do stupid things like this. You don't think, and that's what happened. I regret every single second of what happened. Yeah, that. that, that I, part, I don't think. Yeah, you don't. You don't think that. To me, that sums up what a number of people have told me. For, like for me, he's out of chances now. He's he's just got to go. They, they've got a uh, he he's missing. If we if we say it's four, he's missing four games at the most crucial part of the season where you need him the most on the team because your other striker is out of form. And this is when you need your designated player. And if you can't rely on him to be playing in games, like we we talked enough about Eric Godoy. Well, we can't rely on them to be fit and healthy and play the games that we need for an important player. So he needs to go. 
The same works for this. If we can't rely on him to be on the pitch when you need him the most and you can't rely on him to control his emotions and to control his actions, you've got to cut him loose. If he doesn't play in a Whitecaps jersey again, I don't care. If it's a four-game ban and he could have played the last two games, I wouldn't play him. For me, that's it. He's done. He's out of chances. He needs to go. Yeah, I wonder if I wonder if it'll only be if they're you know fully eliminated by that point that they choose to make that decision. Um, but yeah, I would think if they are if they're still in it with the last two games, it's, it's all hands on deck. Yeah, but he. I mean, you're right. Um, uh, I, I don't think your perspective is without merit, and so yeah, he. It's hard to. Yeah, it's there's there's no excuses for what he's what he's done, and he uh, if if this if that's his last contribution as a Vancouver Whitecap, I don't think uh, too many people would be dis- disappointed to see him go. He, the he thing is, does he, does he have another year, or is it an option year? It's what an is, option year, is my understanding. So they're in a bad spot because mm-hmm. they get, they'd have to re- they have to take the option to move him to get anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not going to let him go for nothing. No, oh, they they shouldn't either because they they they've paid money for him. I mean, it's where he's going to go. But the thing is, he's doing these things when he's trying to get himself to a World Cup. Can you imagine if he did something like that at a World Cup? Oh yeah, and I, I genuinely can't remember who the the Nashville player was. But he is really lucky and fortunate that he did not cause a serious injury to him. I think it was a mule. Yeah. Kicks like a mule. But, yeah, he's fortunate that he didn't, like, sever an artery in his neck or something. Or It's, it's just, it's so stupid. And the fact that he basically is admitting he can't control himself. And I, I like aggressive players. I've talked about that a lot. I like players with an edge. And there's an edge and there's crossing that line. And to me, that just is unacceptable. Well, and it, 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 the, the fact that, forget about the Vancouver Whitecaps, we all know his number one priority in life is to get to that World Cup. Yeah. Regardless of what happens with the Whitecaps, that's what he wants the most, which is understandable on, on one level. Um, I mean, if you're John Herdman watching that, what goes through your mind? Well, You've already lost your son to New Zealand. Well, that's the thing. It's a, it's a, it's a double-edged double sword for Cavett, right? Because not only does he look, like, incredibly foolish, but then now he's also might not be playing another competitive match <laughs> until he, until potentially oh, he's yeah. with Canada. Yeah. Right? Like, so there's... Multiple because you know he's going to be if 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 he has one or two games left in the season, you know he's going to be fighting and telling him I need to play. I you have to play me. You I need to play, uh, even if the season's over. So there's a there's a few different uh, layers to this, and it'll be interesting to see how how it all plays out. But um, yeah, I wonder I wonder I wonder what John Herdman has been thinking over the last week or so. I mean, over the, the last couple of years and this season, it's like we, we've we made light of all the bookings he gets and when we're watching the games up in the press box, we have a, a little sweep. Oh, what, what minute do you think Cava's going to get his yellow card today and stuff? And 
it's all fun and games until someone loses an eye, which Mule's lucky that he didn't lose one last week, I guess. But it, you know what he's going to be like, and you know what you get with him. But it's got to the stage now that it's just a massive liability. And what the Whitecaps need is reliability. Absolutely. Yep. It's just, it's just bad. Um, that's pretty much it for the the show. I, we'll just finish with a, a little bit of chat about the CPL and then and this week's wavelength. We we touched on it at the the start. Zach, you were over for the Pacific game, connecting with some old friends and stuff on the island. And I've not made it over at all to the island so far that this season. I'm not sure I'll, I'll actually get to. But oh, you could get there for a, a playoff match. Oh wait. Well, it's still good looking at the table. A challenge, but looking at the table, because right now, Pacific have dropped out the top four. Exactly. And that is, that that's crazy. They've still got a game in hand. So looking at the table, Atletico Ottawa, who's been struggling a little bit in the last couple of games. They've been dropping points here and there, but they're still out on top, 40 points from their 23s. They've five games left. Cavalry in second, 37 from their 22. Forge third, 36 from their 22. And all, all the teams just now have been kind of dropping points and not looking... like It's not like the Forge of old, I, I think it's safe to say, over the last couple of weeks. But Phil DeSantis' valour has made a, a really strong run and they've got up to fourth now, 36 points. I fancied them to get into the top four when we, we did our, our pre-season show. I didn't think Ottawa would be up there. I thought it would be Cavalry, Forge, Pacific and Valor. But now Pacific's got a, a fight for their lives. The, the other three are, are out of it. It's great that we at least have this fight because I was a bit worried it was going to be a four we're going to pull away with a few games to go and that would have been terrible for the league. But this is going to be so exciting to watch down the stretch. Oh yeah, uh, Saturday's game was it, it was a, a a fun game to to watch. Uh, you know there was a, a Bustos a penalty attempt right or penalty a bicycle kick kick attempt right in front of us. Um, there was a nice goal uh, for the home side, and then half and they they were the better team in the first half, and then halftime came, and uh, well I thought. I had a brief word with James Merriman after the game, and he. Um, well, I won't. I won't quote him, but he could not believe. He could not believe the um, the way the team played in the second half. Let's put it out. That's the next way of saying. It. Were there some expletives in there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, and he, yeah, I, that, I, that's I, good because I think he deserved to throw those out. Oh, yeah. I can't believe how they played. Well, I they, didn't see the first half. I only saw the second and. Oh. And York yeah, I turned was it great. on. I was like, "Oh, they're one 0 up." And I, I didn't get to see. I didn't get to see Marty, unfortunately, but uh, they they were great. And the, like York was great in the second half. Yeah, and scored goals, and I think we've, if if Var Var was there, they would have had more goals. Because um, remember as well, York went to Pacific and basically screwed them over for home field advantage last season. That's. I was saying that as we were sitting there watching the game. We, um, yeah. Uh, have have they screwed them over this year for an actual well, playoff place? It was there the playoff place last or playoff home game last year, and it was the Voyagers Cup this year, and and now this again. Yeah, 
it was uh the, the, but they played like york played really 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 well in the second half um, i mean do, do you look at the the fixtures that pacific have left and they've got forged twice yeah. so that's massive they've got cavalry they've got ottawa so there's four tough games and then halifax and edmonton you'd hope they can take wins from that is it a case i mean obviously they you've lost a great scorer but has this champions league run derailed them a bit yeah oh i think uh like we're talking about seattle and mls i think the champions league or sorry playing in concav where there's champions league or the yeah. league uh takes a lot out of you mentally um obviously physically physically um yeah it, it takes something out of you so the four games they played in there might not sound like a lot but uh it, it it has taken its toll and you're seeing that i think in the standings now will they be able to rebound and finish the, the season well in the playoffs and potentially with a home date yeah they could but it's uh the, the clock's ticking I mean, I'm looking at Valor's remaining five fixtures, and three of those again are against teams that's not in the top four. Yeah. So, I mean, they're going to be licking their chops. If Pacific don't make the playoffs, is James Merriman's neck on the line? Oh, that's a good question. I, I would, I would guess not so much. Um, knowing a little bit about how Pacific operate and their their goals, um. He's he's not a Michael Silver about right like this is someone yeah and, heavily tied to the community uh, who you know was a big part of the the first three years as an assistant and he it was uh, always the succession planning yeah always yeah he was always going to be the coach one day so I think it would be even if they came you know fifth or sixth or whatever or I guess fifth you know just outside I I don't think that's enough to get rid of him I I don't either I would hope it wouldn't be with what he's done there and it has been a, a difficult season for them it does maybe throw up a lot of questions though about recruitment and just across the board really recruitment's so weird in the cpl there's a they lost a lot of players to forge forge themselves looked such a strong team but they haven't really gelled at times it feels as a, as a team yeah but yeah, if and Ottawa's, one... Ottawa's taking advantage of that. Oh yeah, although, although Ottawa's fair, really jailed well as a team. I did watch the Ottawa Edmonton game uh, the other day, uh, the day before. Oh, was that now? Now? Oh, it was a horrible yeah, game. I didn't see that. It one. was like one of the worst CPL games I think I've ever watched. Um, <laughs> it was. Really I'm, I'm watching less CPL now that I got rid of one sock and I've got football. Same. Because Same. I, I liked it on the on Telus and the PVR because I could yep. just. PVR it and then just fast forward through and some people might be shocked at this, but I like the the interface of one soccer better than football. I'm getting used to the the football one. They are making yeah. little improvements and, and tweaks. It's just like but... I record stuff and then I forget that I have recorded it and like yeah. I wish it was just like yeah, I don't know, that they were there and you could go back and like I I mean I really enjoyed the zone, right? How the zone the interface yeah. on the zone for whatever you think of its options and its price and whatever, the interface to me is by far the best. So, 
Yeah. yeah. The, the good thing I would say, if anyone is traveling, I, I used my VPN with Fubo uh, when I was over in Scotland. It worked a treat. So it was oh, great. Yeah. Got to watch some of the Premier games and stuff. And so, I mean, it it, it does work. And I, I've not had any issues, streaming issues at all with Fubo. But I, 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 I'm not a big fan of the streaming apps. I just like things that I can PVR and then just yeah. watch at my leisure. I, and, and I know you can record, but it just it doesn't feel the same. Well, maybe if one soccer wins their fight with uh, Rogers or whatever, their lawsuit with Rogers, it'll, they'll, it'll be more available on uh, people's TVs mm. in, the, in the years ahead. Um, the, the other crappy thing about that game, zero zero, is I can only watch it in like 280, 270. The only oh, I was, yeah, I was watching it online on the on uh, I was watching with uh, a friend online on their one soccer like with them on their one soccer account, and it was only available for some reason on two seventy, so it was a little bit blur, blurry. Wow. So yeah, I, I ended up multitasking, which made it less less horrendous, but. Even East Fife TVs at 1080. <laughs> I come across crystal clear and it is fantastic. Highly recommended. Um, yeah, the CPL season, it's going to be a very exciting run in. So check that out on Fubo or One Soccer if you've got either of those. That's nearly it for this episode of the show. But we've got to finish, of course, with this week's wavelength. And I've gone with a Scottish band, they're from Glasgow. This is a, a song from 2010. It's taken from their debut album, Boots Met My Face. They're a band called Admiral Fallow. I didn't really know too much about them, but I, I saw them at the Connect Festival that I was at last Sunday while I was waiting for Mogwai. Um, they, they were a good band. And then I found out they've got a song called Subutio. Oh. And it's a little bit about playing Sabutio and just childhood memories, but it's ultimately about just remembering getting beaten up as a, as a kid. But it does talk about Sabutio. So let's hear from them now. Admiral Fallow with Sabutio. Hello, my chum. It's me and I'm banging on your door. And it's been far too long since we set the leaves alight down on the floor. I've returned for a while to the concrete that once claimed my knees And the stones my hands owned as I sent them toward windows and trees Towering trees, towering trees There are bangers in the wheelie bins Laser pens shone through the glass And BB after BB fired from behind the wall beyond the grass And though boots met my face And knuckles cracked me black as coal I care not for the mindless who poked fear at my sorry soul my soul, my soul Ooh. 
on the roof The pets start passing rustling stream And I miss the cold stream chips The reds, the beauty of team painted green Built on backfield it seemed A thorn in my child's side Instead became a grit soaked playground where the propers and the poor collide. Oh, and it might sound dull, but dull's sometimes all we have. Yet might sound dull, but dull's all we ever have. Sometimes I talk with the meter of a bingo. Admiral Farrow there, Subutio from 2010, their Boots Met My Face album. It's maybe a little bit tenuous uh, for wavelength, but it talks about Subutio, so we're going to go with that. It's memories of my trip back home. I had a a good time, all things considered, back in Scotland. Such a long flight, though, and I'm, I'm glad to be home. And yes, I'm referring to Vancouver as home. Mm. It, that every time I go back and the time passes, it just it feels a bit different going back. I did get to play uh, at the old course on the putting green. But yeah, their famous putting green is the Himalayas, so I got to play on that. I got two holes in one. I got a thumbs up from a proper golfer. That was one of the highlights of my trip. But that is pretty much it for this episode. Any final thoughts, Zach? Anything that you, you've learned this week? 
Any shout-outs that you want to give? Well, of course I want to give a shout-out to Steve on the boat. Come home safely, Steve. <laughs> uh, no, you can find me on Twitter at ZacharyAM. And I do actually want, I want to give more of a serious uh, shout-out. Uh, and this, uh, I know you were talking about you went home to... Scotland, because uh, of your mom's passing, um, this is a little bit similar. Uh, you know, over the years, made a lot of good uh, connections in the different communities where we've watched uh, a lot of football. Uh, one of my least favorite clubs, or if not least favorite club, of course, in the over the years has been the the one found in Middle Cascadia. Having said that, I've met some really uh, great people there. Uh, over the years and so yeah uh, i think it was just last night one of them also their mom also passed away so some some people uh, maybe who uh you know have been in the community for a while will know but there's a, a gentleman named keith uh who used to be one of the heads of, of ecs down in seattle and uh, yeah he posted today that his mom passed away suddenly in the middle of the night last night and um yeah they're remembering her at the game a little bit tonight and uh him and his family and uh, supporters who knew her uh, as someone obviously who was also uh, intertwined in the community there. So just yeah, uh, thoughts and prayers with with Keith and uh, his family as they mourn and grieve in the days and, and weeks ahead. Yeah, we'd echo that. When when I was back in Scotland, one of our longtime friends at East Fife, his brother passed away as well um, after being missing for a, a week as well. So that was sad that a a minute silence for him yesterday that was well observed as well by everyone at the club. And yeah, it's sad. Football can bring so many folk together uh, at times like that as well. But 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 football can also give you all the the happy memories. And I, when I think back to to my mum, she was always so supportive of me starting the fanzine when it, when I did it and. She even helped sell it and staple it and put it all together with me and stuff like that. And she would have just been very happy with everything that how AFDN has developed and podcasts and commentating and everything like that as well. So it was nice to get back, seeing some friends as well and getting to, to the East Fife games. But back here now, back in the full swing of things, doing our UBC commentary. We got our first UBC games of this season under our belt on Thursday. The women came away with a, a big 4-0 win on that. Going to be bringing out a, an extra podcast this week. I know the extra subscribers haven't had a podcast for a, a few weeks, so going to bring a kind of college and women's soccer one out midweek for that. We were speaking to Jesse Simons after the match, so watch for that to drop. We'll be back with a, another AFTN Soccer Show next weekend, maybe even with Steve, who knows. But until next time, as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting the site and the podcast. Take care and mon the caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.